beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus makes a whole lot to do about the kingdom of heaven. Matthew's gospel gives us the fullness of what he had to say. The kingdom of heaven is like a field with a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a, someone who has a pearl of great price. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a banquet for his son. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed seed in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a master who settled with his servants their account. The kingdom of heaven. Faith, church, kingdom. Faith, church, kingdom. The foundation of the church is faith. It is faith that enlivens the church and gives it its everlasting character. Faith that we hear in Hebrews is the assurance of things hoped for and the confidence in things unseen. And the church is the sacrament of the age to come. The church is the sacrament of the age to come. The way faith sees church is that church is the assurance of things hoped for, the confidence in things unseen. You see, there is no salvation without faith, and faith is the possession of the kingdom of heaven. And that possession is the church. So the church becomes the presence of what we hope for. The church becomes the presence of what is unseen. The sacramentality of the church is that kingdom of heaven is at hand. Christ is present in the church. And thus where He is, there is the kingdom. As he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says of himself, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. And then he will go on to say, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Talking about the sacramentality of this kingdom here and now. The church is the sacrament of the age to come. So through the church... We can say at the divine liturgy, blessed is the kingdom and that heaven is present amongst us now. We are in its midst as the body of Christ. Now somewhere along the line in history, in the Reformation or somewhere, the church as sacrament was stripped. And it just became a building, a temple where hymns were sung. But when you remove the sacramentality of the church, all we have is our personal salvation. Now we've got a theology of personal salvation outside the church. And we know that there is no salvation outside the church. 
We are not saved on our own. We are saved in community. We were created for community. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together in our name, there I am. We are saved as community. To be Just to be an I, to be a me, is to be isolated and to be cut off. We are met to be one as community. So how does this all fit in with our gospel today? Jesus tells the story about a king or master who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, and one owed him who owed a tremendous debt, impossible to pay back. It was completely forgiven. And then that servant who received the forgiveness went to one who owed a mere fraction of what he himself owed and would not forgive. And the king became enraged and says that you should have forgiven as I have forgiven. Therefore, you will pay back every last penny. This gospel is merely a reiteration of the Lord's Prayer, an expanded version of forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What Jesus is saying in black and white, unless you forgive, there is no forgiveness for you. Period. End of discussion. He didn't mince words in our parable today. He didn't mince words in the Lord's Prayer. But you see, it is forgiveness that allows us to be community. It is forgiveness that allows us to grow closer together and closer to God. And when we have something against another, or we hold something against another, say someone has done us harm, and we have not forgiven, we are holding something over them now, because we want power over them. Maybe it's our way of having some kind of retribution, some kind of revenge. But if we let go of that, and forgiveness is not condoning what was done, not saying, okay, it's all right, just sweep it under the rug. But it's letting go of the shame, letting go of the desire for revenge. Letting go of all the attachment, the emotional attachment that comes with it. Then we can start to move forward in love. And it is love that binds us together as the body of Christ. God is love. Faith. Church and kingdom. As church, we are to reflect the heavenly kingdom that is to come. And the only way we can begin to reflect that is by being love, and love demands forgiveness. For God not to forgive, then God wouldn't be God, because it would be against his, who He is. He is love, and so He forgives. And we are called to reflect that forgiveness. The church is the presence of what's hoped for. The church is the presence of the unseen. The church is heaven on earth. The kingdom of heaven now is our foretaste of what is to come, but we experience it sacramentally. And so we are to be transformed into this body of Christ that we are. 
And if we're bound to the body of, of Christ, who is love, we must reflect that love. So, my brothers and sisters, let us work on our forgiveness every minute of the day, as hard as it may be at times. And some of us will say, well, the one that harmed me, how can I give forgiveness? They're long gone. And again, the sacramentality of the church makes us all present. Because when we're bound to the eternal kingdom here and now, we're bound to all those who have gone before us. And through the sacrament of the church, we can forgive. And we can let go. And we can move on. We are people with a great destiny. And it already has started now. We're already having the taste of the heavenly kingdom here and now. And we're being urged on and on by Paul and James and all those who have gone after us, the apostles, about how to live this life of the kingdom now. Let us apply what we've learned from them. Let us be those men and women we are called to be. Let us be men and women of faith who possess the kingdom through the church. Let us forgive and then let us love fully.